0: Utter Tripe, confessions of a raw fed dog mum with your hosts, Steph and Yaz. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with our latest raw adventures. Hi everyone and welcome to Us Tribe. I'm your host Yaz.
1: And I'm Steph and we're bringing you Confessions of a rough at Dog Mum.
0: Now we are joined today by a guest on our podcast. We have the lovely Greg from Benefit Natural. Say hi Greg. Hi Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so you've let us through the doors of Benefit. This is the first time you've allowed filming access to What Makes Benefit Benefit? So, this podcast is going to time up beautifully. Very exciting. Yeah, really super exciting. And it's going to time up beautifully with the YouTube video of what happens behind the doors of Benefit. So, firstly, thank you so much for letting us in. Yes, thank Absolutely you. Absolute pleasure. We've had a fabulous day. So, where did, I mean, should we just go with the origin story of Benefit? Let's, let's go
1: yeah. right back into the beginning of time and why Benefit Natural is Benefit Natural. So, where did it start? Why did it begin?
2: Um, okay so we um I think we our raw feeding journey started way back in the early two thousand uh, We had working gun dogs of our own, uh, we had twelve in training, and we were field trialing with them um, That story in itself you know began very small because obviously we sort of used to go shooting quite a bit, and my father specifically uh, was shooting and he had a nasty shoulder injury uh, and the the doctor said to him, so well, there's three ways we can deal with this. You can either give up shooting, you can either have an operation, or you can take some medication. Now, obviously, wandering around with a shotgun and on heavy meds is probably not ideal. Mm. So um, he didn't really want to kind of give up, so he thought, well, I'll tell you what, I'll get a dog. And I'll go out, because my mother also shoots, and he can pick up for her when they're out and about. So he started doing that and then really got bitten by the sort of, we'd always had pet dogs, but really got bit by the whole working dog kind of thing being outside training and so on and that kind of escalated into them breeding and that escalated into field trialing um and before you knew it you know he was chairman of the utility gun dog uh, society in the southeast of england wow. and um you know we had lots and lots of working gun dogs and one time we were taking a bitch to get covered up in Norfolk somewhere and the dog uh, covered the bitch very quickly and the breeder said, well, look, you know, stick around, have a cup of tea, you know, and maybe we can put the dog back on the bitch before you go home and you can go home today rather than having to come back the following day. So, you know, put two, you know, dog people together. What do you talk about? What do you feed your dog? Mm-hmm. And with the time we were feeding a fairly, you know, high-end kibble to our to our um, working dogs. And she said, What well, have you come across raw feeding? Now, this would be in 2004. So quite a long time ago Um, and that's when we really came across the the raw feeding and concept really around the Billingshurst you know give your dog a bone biologically appropriate feeding and there was looking at that as a way to optimize nutrition so that they would have a higher performance Mm -hmm. so I was so I suppose our basis was always around nutrition and our basis was around feeding biologically appropriate food to be able to get the best out of them and give them the best opportunity to excel in their particular field. So um, went away from that sort of meeting and sort of did some research and got some books and basically sort of looked at uh, raw feeding as, a, as an opportunity and then started making our own food at home. Um, so we're making it in our own kennels at home. Uh, we put some recipes together based around you know making sure you had you know, meat, bone, and offal and all the components. And then we were looking at you know how we would supplement to make sure you got all the necessary vitamins and minerals in there, which were extra, So your niacin, your copper you know, all of those are components that you need in there to, for a complete and balanced diet for for your for your dog um, and continue to then, you know, follow that journey through. So we did that for a number of years. Um, and then as the dog started to perform better and we were actually achieving more with them, it sort of popped up on people's radar and said, you know, what are you doing differently? Mm-hmm. And we said, well, look, you know, we're using a different feeding strategy now. You know, we've moved away from a kibble because the the raw was helping them with their energy levels, you know, so that when they're on PEG, they were much calmer. Their energy levels were more balanced and, and they were consistent. able to, so consi- yeah. It's so they were a slow release over the
0: <coughs> day rather than a span of sugar with your carbohydrates. It's a nice steady ebb over the day to keep. you. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm.
2: And that, that really, you know, helped us um, and helped them. And there were some, also, some of them had a few issues with coat and skin. And again, those seem to clear up, you know, really, really quickly. Um, they seem to be more vibrant. They seem to be have more better attention span, um, and all in all, it was just, you know, a bit of a sort of you know, elixir, really, for them yeah. to to be able to kind of perform to the best of their ability. And so people said, well, you know, can we can we get some of that food? I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, you know. So
0: you were just making this at home, just for your dogs in your kennels. And yeah,
2: then so going out, yeah. buying, you know, raw material, and, and making it at home. You mm-hmm. know, and that was pretty much what we were doing and, and had no designs, particularly on becoming pet food manufacturers or any of that sort of thing. So then it started and then a few more people wanted it and then all of a sudden a pet ship came along and said, hey, I hear you're making real food, you know, how can we do that? And then we thought, well, right, if we're going to do it, you have to do it properly. So we then yeah. went away and we formulated the recipes um, to make them complete and balanced, uh, And that was our original working dog range um, because it was formulated for our own working dogs. And... We then got very much into into that side of things, and and in the beginning, we were having actually co-manufacturers having it made by somebody else. So we had our own recipes, and then they were making it for us, and we were selling sort of direct, you know, online into a few pet shops and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And in about 2014 is when we sort of really started, you know, the brand was probably created, Um, and you know, it's going very very well. And then we realised that really wanted much more control around the sourcing and the raw material purchasing. Um, you know, we were growing and, and we had more scale and, um, we decided at that point we wanted to bring manufacturing in house. Mm. So we then sort of went through the process of, of developing, um, a plan to do that and then getting different registered and so on, and then bringing it all the way through. And, and then we ended up here we are in, in Sheffield Park, which is where you've seen today.
1: Yeah.
0: And the I mean the operation, it is a well oiled machine, what you've got going on in that factory. I mean, we completely disrupted it by going, Oh yes. can I press the button?
1: Oh, can I do this? Can I do that? It's it's It was a slick operation. Yeah.
0: All the lads knew what they were doing. Just got straight on. Uh, it, yeah, didn't they? and
1: what I noticed I think probably one of the biggest sort of things that I took from it was that actually so we're always and we always drumming this into me. It's like the less you touch it, the better it is. It's more mm-hmm. productive. So it it was just very much, you know. There was, it was still hand poured if you like, and it was still, it still had all the essence mm. of like a hand made product because there were still people at every station, but you I weren't was doing any heavy it, yeah. lifting yeah. of the dough labs into the you know into the mixer mm-hmm. and and all the
2: rest of it. And it was just like, that's really smart. That's yeah. really smart. Well, I, I think that you know, we have we <coughs> probably outgrown the space that we're in, if I'm honest, um, <laughs> you know, due to, due to the demand. And, you know, but what we've tried to do is obviously try to make it as efficient as possible so that we can get as much volume out of the footprint, you know, that we have at the moment. Um, and I think that's that's kind of critical to make sure that the guys know exactly what they're doing. They understand the product. They understand the things we do regular sessions with the factory guys, uh, with vets and nutritionists, yes. so they actually understand what the nutritional load is, so they understand what the benefits of feeding a raw diet are. Yeah. Um, so that they are much more than engaged, so if you look at all our operators are typically engaged with it, they understand what's going in, they yeah. understand about temperature, they understand about microbiological, they understand about that full process throughout it. Um, and I think that's critical. Cool.
0: And um, that shines through in the work that we've seen today, like they- 100%. They care about the product that's been made, and they just it's like they just like second nature to them they know about the you know what yeah awful and stuff's gonna go in and then you know it's just very 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 slick i was really impressed and then any questions that i had just straight off the bat they just knew what you know well how yeah. to answer it because they know about the product they know what they're making i you mean know?
2: We, we 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 pride ourselves on, on essentially we don't want dreams, drones right? yes. you know we need mm. people that are actually thinking about it and making sure the quality is there, so we have yeah. very strict quality control processes yeah. mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the, the manufacturing cycle. Yeah. Um, whether it be from, you know, the guys in the supply chain who are sourcing the raw material, through to it then coming in and then how it's treated when it arrives with us, and then treating it all the way through the process until it ends up in the tub, blast frozen, and then ready for dispatch to retailer or individual mm-hmm. or individual customer. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the other thing that I was like wildly impressed about was your super snazzy system that kind of puts it's like a dashboard of traceability so where your meats come from which batch it's gone into and then when that's distributed so if there ever was an issue you can just nip it straight in the bud I thought that's incredible and so important in this industry as well and it's a good it's you know like Gold standard, I think. Like yeah, does, Everyone should be. Yeah. You put a lot of time and effort into that system, and it's
2: it's it's paying off. You know. Yeah, so we, so we invested. Um, I think that we, you know a number of um, well, we've seen across the world, right? Supply chain post pandemic mm. has been a challenging beast, um, and you know what we have invested in heavily is around the traceability piece. So when raw material lands in with us, um, we then. We batch it and then we barcode it and we specify exactly what it is and then every single component that goes within a mix is marked and checked and validated and then it comes up and goes into the system so we're able to say okay in that pack of chicken and tripe for example you know the tripe came from this pallet the chicken came from this pallet the offal came from this batch and so on so all of those batches are then collated together so if there was a particular challenge with it, and then all of those particular challenges with it, we can then trace it back to where that those goods in essentially yeah. came from. And then due to the traceability that we have from farm, so we can then take that and go, OK, well, that per- pallet on that purchase order delivered on X day, we have a potential issue with. We can then go back to our raw material supplier and they can trace that all the way back to farm. And we can do that within 24 hours
0: incredible yeah for the for the the scale of production you have you can narrow that down in 24 hours Is just that just blows my mind i was really Really, impressed by that system i really
2: well i I think you know the way that the industry is moving and Mm -hmm. i think the level of transparency that we need to have within this particular category of pet food Mm -hmm. is imperative and i think that you know what we try and do at Benefit Natural and what we want our consumers and our customers and our retailers to feel is that we got you, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. we've got your back, we know what we're doing. Yeah. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, everybody's had challenges around supply chain. However, what we will not compromise on is we won't compromise on the quality of the raw material. And I think you guys have actually seen you know, the actual physical raw material. 100 seeing that today. Yeah. You know, in the, in, before, in the, it,
1: before it even was anything. Yeah we saw what was going on yeah and obviously the footage that we have as well is there as well because i think that's really nice that people get to see actually that was the kidney that went into that that was the tripe that went into that because we discussed mm. the colors of the tripe and i just think yeah and like just it's it's you
0: know even just explaining that you know it's the, it's the age you know this product inside and out literally yes. you know um so that's nice that's from it as a as a consumer. I really really appreciate that. Mm. I think
2: the key takeaways around raw material is, is, you know, that, you know, where possible, everything is UK sourced. I mean, you Mm. know, there's not a lot of goats in the UK. UK. Um, And there's not a lot of geese in the UK. Uh So, you know, they are European. Um, Mm. However, they meet the same very stringent standards around animal welfare. Yeah. That that is really, really critical to us as a brand. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that uh, we we pride ourselves on is the quicker and turnaround of raw material. So we're yeah. not something we have raw material hanging around. Mm-hmm. We make sure that we process it you know, quickly and in a timely manner and get it ready and into market. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is another thing. Everything that we do is positive release. So we test uh, weekly uh, most of our products um, in, a, in, a, in a very, very strict regime mm-hmm. that enables us to do that. But not only that, but we also test all the raw material. Mm-hmm. So we're able to then, you know any kind of potential challenge or issue yeah. we might have, you know, we can really get down to that root cause analysis mm-hmm. and actually analyze right, well, it may well be in that maybe in that product, but it's actually that, you know, that thing. So we then we can then trigger our traceability and then we can go back to farm and then we can see if there was anything that took place. Did something take place in the cutting room plant? You know, did anything take place? You know, what did a did a van break down that all of a sudden we didn't really know about, mm-hmm. you know, um but then you find out because you do the track and you'll go, Oh yeah, well actually, <laughs> you know, that raw material something happened way 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 down the line Mm -hmm. you know from us a million miles away essentially in the supply chain yes Mm -hmm. however we're able to kind of make sure that we can kind of get back to that very very quickly and then act so we're not reactive we're proactive Mm -hmm. um, around making sure that all of the product is is safe and fit for for your puppy or your dog or whatever it is and also safe to be having the home you know because that's our number one priority is to make sure that we you know, any microbiological load that it might have uh, is kept to an absolute minimum, and, and therefore, you know, through the process and through the manufacturing process is imperative around temperature control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we ensure that, you know, the product never gets above you know, anywhere between zero and one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have any kind of, you know, yeah. we have no microbiological no growth in it. Well, it. has no we, opportunity to grow. There's
1: two, two um, products that I watched being probed. Mm-hmm. I think it was minus one, was the was the temperature yeah after they'd finished mincing it that was waiting to go through to be tubbed. right okay so that was through. yeah we go so we grabbed it we grabbed
2: it and said look let's just stick in and see what's that okay it's minus one yeah, yeah. Ooh, that one minus one so okay. yeah so, and that takes that takes a lot of getting to yeah. mm-hmm. you know it sounds like sort of easy but you know you're talking about you're working with a live material yeah you know, and it's been—it's not denatured; but it's going it's, through a yeah.
1: process as well. So, you know, it's a bit like when you rub your arm—that mm-hmm. gets warm. Wow. So, it's been through the mincer. So, that's all the of that, in, yeah, the all of that's you're been taken in. into consideration mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just sort of roll up here, you go, mm-hmm. or let's slap a bit of that out, and because obviously our the you know the when we go back to talking about raw materials, it's it's you know, obviously gone through the, the process and if it's going out to the supermarket designed to be cooked. So mm. it doesn't have to be as stringent as what's coming mm. into this factory. Yeah. Um and that, you know, you know, you're asking for different controls, aren't you? Mm.
2: I mean to give you some context around that actually, um, an interesting point is so you know a shop bought salad that you would go in and mm. buy. So you stand in a shop bought salad in a little plastic container, you know, you turn the lid off and it's mm. got a little plastic fork in it yeah. and You pour on your Caesar salad sauce and scoff it down in your car or wherever you are. Um, The enterobacteria level on that is 10,000 CFUs per gram. In raw pet food, it's 500. Wow.
1: 10,000 to 500. So, salads are dangerous,
0: people. I think that's my takeaway. I think hmm,
2: what, what I'm trying to, I suppose, demonstrate with that is that the... Regulations around good and correct production yeah. of raw pet food mm, yeah. mm-hmm. um, is extremely, extremely high. Yeah. Uh, and you know, look, I can't speak for any other manufacturer because I don't know what they do in their processes. I can only talk about what we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that again is one of the key sort of pillars in what we do is is, is ensuring that the quality of the raw material, so grass fed. You know, free run. You know, and you know, high animal welfare, raw material, a sensible and ethical butchering process and mm-hmm. slaughtering process that goes through it, maintaining cold chain, yeah. through to delivery into yeah. us for us then to deliver that out to the manufacturer, to, to the to the retailer, or and essentially yes. the consumer. Mm-hmm. So in that chain, you know, we are basically putting safety, traceability ethical sourcing and animal welfare as our key pillars within that and putting together nutritionally dense high quality raw pet food
0: yeah i think that's you know with with us to try it's about meeting with manufacturers and just explaining you know those steps that you put in you're not just like whacking it all together there's so many there's a huge conscious effort for 100%. making it as safe as possible, you know, it's, it's never going to be sterile, but we don't want it to be sterile. You know? I think I think
2: when you talk about the sterilisation process, you know, there are uh, manufacturing processes you can use where you can de-risk mm-hmm. yeah. material. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, were
1: you telling me about mm-hmm. a carrot, you were doing your carrots.
2: Yeah, so we hydro-cooled them. So oh. the hydro-cooling process is, is, is they're sort of washed and then cooled. So the main sort of area that you will find things like the and E. coli is actually in vegetables.
1: Yeah, so dirty dozen, me, isn't it? It's all vegetables and no, stuff? so the no, dirty no. dozen is what is um, like pesticides and, and right, okay. what they spray on right. basically. Okay. So what we're talking about is the This like, is
2: post this is post production. So right. once it's pulled out of the ground yeah. and it goes in, it's then it's then hydrocooled, which mm-hmm. is which is using a system to, to, to wash and clean and to basically demicrove remove, microbe, yeah, remove yeah. any potential negative pathogen. Right. Okay. Because, because right. it's not
1: necessarily the, the meat that's gonna drive yeah, dry, yeah, yeah. drive the high enterobacteria yeah, yeah. Right, levels.
2: Because okay. you know you might have dirty carrots. Dirty
0: carrots. Basically, yeah. So you can yeah. have lovely, beautiful meat, and then one mucky carrot could mucky spoil carrot. it off. Yeah. I mean, I no, think but, it's, I mean, the but,
2: challenge that you have around. I mean, you know, to get into the sort of nitty gritty around mortuaries is that you could have one carcass in it a in a so in, so a, really in a ton. Yeah. And you might pick that pack of food that's got the carcass in it. And that might be positive for salmonella, and at that point you then got to deal with the entire batch. Yeah. Um, so my challenge is actually to the meat processors. Yeah. Because I believe that farms. You push and it back onto. It, it needs to go up the supply yeah, yeah. chain mm-hmm. to go back to there and say, for example, in uh, Finland, they have a one percent of salmonella in any of their products at any point. One wow. percent. It's clean, so they're not. They're not chlorine dipping or anything like that. So in the US, all chicken is chlorine washed. Same in Australia. I mean, you say, "Mm," but the thing is, it's not going to affect you. It's not a great process. It's not great. But I would look at more if we had a way to allow the farms to have the necessary space Mm -hmm. um, and have the value to be able to put in place be able to rotate sheds be able to do these things you know not to be sort of industrially farming Mm -hmm. you know these sort of components it's about demand as well
1: well it's massively about demand and i think that you know is something that is it it's a fascinating subject for me Mm -hmm. um i'm constantly watching farming programs because i'm just so i'm beyond knee deep i in in, (laughs) invested in that and in, in how our world's looking and what that looks like going forward um, and I do think if we, if we learn how, I mean, going back to something silly like portion control, because I don't think we have any, mm. not much. Yeah. I don't think anybody really knows no. anymore. And I think, you know, there's so much food waste. We chatted about this. I think mm. last time we were together and mm. it's, that's where it comes from for me. Because then somebody can, you know, instead of say, well, I need 500 beasts to to produce, to, to make break even or whatever I could have 300 and everybody could have a better quality of life and we could all have better quality products, mm-hmm. but we'll have less of it yeah but we just don't know where the line
2: is but I think we need to be we need to make sure that we make we're you know looking for alternatives you know and I, I'm really kind of interested in things like insect proteins mm-hmm. um I think there's room for plant-based proteins as well you know depending on like what you want to do and again is this a mutualist thing as in you know you feel that you know you dogs should be eating what you eat. I don't know. I don't think that's right. or But, you know, there's always, I think that what we've got to try and be in today's society is tolerant and understanding and also look at what different formats are there. Let's look at innovation. Let's drive innovation and let's see how we can really kind of grow um, or, or actually de-risk ourselves from, from having to have these certain sources, you know, out there. It's, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's not everybody's perspective is not everybody's point of view but if everybody agreed on everything then the world would be a fairly boring place. yeah would be I think. very Ooh.
1: weird though wouldn't if we all oh yeah yes. no that's yes.
2: fine great let's do that
1: excellent let's all do the
0: same thing yeah,
2: yeah. No, I, I just don't think there's room for that
0: yeah let's talk I'm just thinking of a I've got another question talk to me about your two different ranges so you've got your 80-10-10 mm. and then you've got your complete range why's the the two what was the
2: problem? so um when we when we came to market when we were, you know formulated recipes for our own dogs um, for example we actually in the original we used to put pilchards oh, right, in, okay. in um, but we couldn't put them in when we started this because they're not raw yeah.
0: right okay. they're cooked
2: yeah, so, yeah. so there was this kind of like but the thing is there's, there's a lot of nutrition mm-hmm. there's a lot of d- d- dense nutrition in, in, a, in a you know in a, in a you know, packet of tomato and sardines if you chucked it in mm-hmm. your, with your dog they Gobble it up, and there's you know oily fish, you know all that yeah, kind of yeah. good stuff that's in there. You know you've got a lot of amigas, threes mm-hmm. and sixes in there, yeah. um, which will obviously you know drive some really sort of great um, benefits for the for the animal. Um, but we thought no, we can't do that, so we, we had to look at ways <clears throat> to make complete and balanced. So we formulated around that. We then came up and developed our keepers blend, so that's sort of psyllium husk and nettle and, and all this kind of good stuff, um, which would deliver then that sort of nutritional. Uh, density that we need to meet Fediaf guidelines. Now, Fediaf is the European body. Um, They put together a um, nutritional guidelines to say what you can and can't say is a complete and balanced meal for your pet. Mm -hmm. And so when we wanted to go out, we were trying to think, you know, what what were the challenges that we saw when we were trying to make it ourselves? It was trying to get that complete and balanced Mm -hmm. nature Mm -hmm. into the product. So we wanted to make it easy for the consumer to go, okay, yeah. So I used to buy a bag of kibble and it says complete on it and that's all I need to feed my dog. So how do I do that with raw? So we wanted to put together a product that was able to do that. So that was our working dog range. So that's our 80-20. That's 80% raw meat, bone and offal, yeah. 20% vegetables, and then it has our keepers blend yeah. in that product. So yeah. that makes it So if you send it off to the lab for testing, comes back and then you look at the Fediaf guidelines and over to, uh, transpose the two. Yeah. It it's in the ranges yeah. um, of the necessary. It in the, it's it's hitting the necessary benchmarks yeah, yeah. that you need to do that. Um, and twenty sort of, eighteen probably, uh, or seventeen I think it was when we brought manufacturing in house and and uh, you know we were sort of getting a bit more under the hood of um, of raw feeding as a thing. We looked at it and said, well, there's a lot of people out there that have different challenges with their dogs whether it be from skin and coat or uh, gut health or what have you and they wanted to add to the bowl, Mm -hmm. right so what we wanted to try and do is take away that you go right well if we get the meat component the 80 10 10 the actual real 80 10 10 together what it means is 10% bone Mm -hmm. 10% offal and 80% meat which is going by the sort of Tom Lonsdale slash yeah. Billingshurst yes. model, mm-hmm. the, like the, the, you know, the godfathers of raw feeding. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and there was, so we wanted to produce a product that was essentially a complementary product. So if you're looking at a balance over time mm-hmm. perspective, yeah. you're able to feed this and then you could also mix proteins as well. So you could have all sorts of different bits and pieces and then you could add a raw egg to it. You could add your pilchards to it if yeah. you want to. You could add some, you know, Raw toppers. Raw toppers, whatever, you know, whatever you really want to kind of add to that bowl, you can have there. But actually have a complementary range and a complete and balanced range to give the consumer, again, that choice. You go, well, actually, I feed complete and balanced two or three times a week, and then I field a complementary, which is Mm 80-10-10, or my dog doesn't particularly like veg, or I like to actually make my own veg mix up and put it in, you know, whatever it might be. So that's in 2017. We launched the 80-10-10 and we put 80-10-10 on the front of the pack seems quite common these days <laughs> um, but you know I in my view if you're looking at it from the perspective as in this is a Fediaf approved Fediaf guideline driven complete and balanced product I don't think slapping 80-10-10 on something is completely balanced that's my view that's mm-hmm. where I sit lots of people will probably challenge me on that which is absolutely fine yeah. I don't have an issue with that um, but that's where I sort of sit because it is for me that is complimentary because it doesn't meet what we actually set as the gov or the the benchmark around yeah well if you have
1: set the guideline if you are going on that guideline exactly and that's there's a- not much arguing around that because you run 8-10-10 through the analysis and it's gonna, it's gonna be. There's gonna be deficiencies. deficiencies. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's I. That's why you're
1: plugging the gap. Yeah,
0: I feed um, it's predominantly 80-10-10. ten ten. I'll never snub something that's fed. I mix. I like a balance over time. Balance over a couple of weeks yeah. is what I kind of aim for. Um, Five um, to seven different proteins, and then my dogs get whatever, veg or little yeah. bits pieces that I've got. There's gonna are they gonna be deficient for. Three, four days of the week? Yeah, probably. But give me another week and I'll and I'll plug Absolutely. what it needs to be. Um, but I think having the two different ranges, you're speaking to the, the wider community because things like balanced and complete, you'll have people who are Whoa, totally against that and then people who love their spreadsheets, like, yeah. oh my God, I can't believe you're not using... Do you know what I mean? So you're speaking to everyone.
2: I think what we want to do is, is, and one of the key things, and, I, and I've been saying this for, for a long time, is that... You know, Benefit Natural is a premium product, absolutely, 100%. But what I would say about the brand is that Benefit Natural is an inclusive brand. We're not exclusive. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And I think I like that, that is really what we want is kind of what we say. And that's why we brought the 8010 10 out. is getting, look, there is a, there is, if you want the quality of raw material that we put together and how we put together and our ethics and who we are as a business and what we stand for and our real story yeah. about real people that found a way to feed the animals in a different way and looked at a different feeding strategy yeah then benefit natural is the brand for you Mm -hmm. if you want to go with something else go with something else that's why i will never comment on anybody else anybody else's product i won't comment on any other brand because i don't know they do what they want to do yeah we're going to do what we want what what, what we believe is the right way to do it yeah And, and 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 great and i think you know there are some amazing raw um, pet food manufacturers out there some absolute you know, you know some winners that are doing some great things there's some people that are really driving innovation mm-hmm. uh, we want to be driving that innovation as well um, as to what you can do and what you can't do mm-hmm. and i think as a category we need to ensure that the raw fraternity mm-hmm. is not infighting and doing all that kind of stuff we're actually working together to, to solidify this is a feeding strategy because mm-hmm. there are lots and lots and lots of people. You see another study about you know, yeah. enterobacterias or yeah, microbiological yeah. Mm-hmm. load, mm-hmm. you know, coming out. Or you know, there are certain um, tabloid newspapers, for example, that love yeah. a little bit of drama. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. all clickbait and yeah. <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff. You know, but but really, when I think if you do get down to the sort of the, the baseline and the nitty gritty, there are some very very good manufacturers out there. I would say again, if you are purchasing raw pet food, I would look to go to a a member of the Pet Food Manufacturers Association because they're actually sort of putting in place uh, a, they have manufacturing guidelines that have actually been taken up by FedEAF as well around the production of raw pet food. Mm -hmm. And also this year we are launching, um, the working title is The Golden Bone, um, but it's basically an independent audit by an external auditor like BRC that comes in and audits yeah. those fact- mm-hmm. those manufacturing plants, against those set of standards and those set of guidelines. Yeah, and you either meet them or you don't. You know, so I
0: think it's about time. It's about, that time. It's about time that something like that was uh, put forward, a standard, to, and as well independent, independent. Kind of.
2: But it's absolutely independent. So it's not like you know. I've got one of my QA guys going around, going yeah. everything's right, tick, 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 yeah, tick, yeah. tick, super duper, thanks lads. Yeah. You know, what it is, is is an absolutely, and there's a set of guidelines and a set of criteria, mm-hmm. and there's an independent auditor that can rock up at any time, yeah. and go right, I want to audit your paperwork, I want to order your plant. I want to order your delivery yeah. notes, I want to order your traceability, I'm gonna take that pack of food, bang, trace it. Yeah. Where is it, where's it gone, what's happened yeah. to it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all of those things where some may feel that that's taking some of the essence out of it, but I think that you know, what we have to do as responsible raw pet food manufacturers yeah. is ensure that, I, that both the consumer and the pet and anybody within that world is safe 100% of the time. It's a responsibility. Uh, yeah, but exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Re- when you feed him raw, it's a, re- it's a responsibility. When you make him raw, it's a responsibility to make sure you're upholding yourself to good standards. I mean, I,
2: I can speak, I speak from, from my own person, my, my father, Dad, right, who, he, he, um, you know, he's still there on my shoulder at uh, on many occasions, and uh, he, he, feeds, it's, he feeds, he's feeds. got a new dog, and he's feeding Benefit Natural, and I obviously get the phone call going, oh, that beef product is great. <laughs> uh, or, uh, or, or something else, you know, and, and he's, he's kind of happy with it, but he has a compromised immune system. Right, okay. Right? He, yeah. he, you know, the, the guy's got one kidney, he's in his 80s, mm-hmm. you know, he's on uh, immunosuppressants. Do I want to be putting a potentially dangerous product into his hands? And you're like, Christ, oh, right, by the way, you know, you killed your dad.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, that's, a, yeah. That's, a big, that's a big way to do <laughs> 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 no, but, uh, but, uh, but I mean, I see a lot of people and they say, um, you know, oh, I can't believe this person isn't feeding raw and this, that and the other. Okay, yeah, but you don't know what their particular circumstance might be. And I think that's really, really critical and something you need to sort of think about is that mm-hmm. you know, not everybody can. We would love everybody to do it, yeah. but not everybody can. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we can chat forever. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have you to call time. Okay. Sorry
2: about that, guys. <laughs> it's been fascinating. Sorry, I know
1: I've been blabbering. No, no, no. It's, it's just really interesting. We could have to probably run another six. Yeah. Um, well, I'm always available to but you guys. Um,
2: <laughs> you yeah, know, thank you so much for coming down. It's been thank it's been you. great. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And also thank you for supporting supporting us as a brand. I yeah. really appreciate
0: Of oh it. yeah, share it's about highlighting you know the what, good the, in the good what the good, good raw yeah. looks yeah. like. You know. You know that's what industry. Yeah.
1: There's there's some Sketchy ones. Yeah. Um, but we're not into that. So we're into we're into highlighting. Showing good vibes.
2: Good vibes only. People.
1: 100%. 100%. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Lovely. Thank you so much. And we will speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. Okay, bye. Great day.
2: Bye.
0: bye. Utter Tripe. Confessions of a raw fed dog mum with your hosts, Steph and Yaz. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with our latest raw adventures.